0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You're listening to the Pitch to Contact podcast, part of the Twins Talk Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jonka. It's going to be a solo pod for me today. Ben's not available to make it. Um, It's actually the second in a series of solo pods because Ben's going to be soloing next week. So uh, yeah, enjoy some mindless rambling, I guess, of Twins Talk. Uh, That's what you're here for, right? So you can follow our podcast on Twitter, at Twins Talk Pod, and uh, make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever streaming platform uh, that you subscribe to, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening to us. This week, we're going to recap another series over the Guardians, as well as a series um, over the Mets. The weekly snapshot, We, the Twins went four and two, uh, had two series wins, one over the Guardians and one over the Mets as well. They're currently 75 and 68 on the season. First in the AL Central by seven and a half games, ahead of Cleveland, and the magic number is 12. So barring some uh, interesting uh, game scenarios, you could be seeing the Twins as the AL Central division winner in about a week and a half. Moving into game recaps then, we want to start with the Cleveland series. Uh, the game one, I'm sure you saw this, this was a 20-6 victory from the Twins. Pablo Lopez was the starter, 6 innings, 8 hits, 1-run, 3 walks, and 3 strikeouts. Not a lot of whips in this one, but a great performance regardless. Metrics-wise, you don't love the fact he walked 3 banners, but you know what, you'll take the fact that he only gave up 1-run. Um, Was giving up a bunch of singles, that's why you got eight hits there, but ultimately the Guardians were unable to do damage, Uh, and that's kind of the way that the Guardians play baseball, right? They get a lot of singles, uh, get a lot of guys on base, but just don't know how to get them home. Uh, He also managed to get to 199 strikeouts with this game, so right on the cost of 200 strikeouts, which he would get on Sunday's game, so... I guess preemptive congratulations to Pablo lopez honestly it's just been a great season from him and i don't think twins fans could ask for anything more with what we got from him in my opinion he should be the game one starter that's of course another fun conversation between me and ben in a couple weeks looking at the hitters obviously in a 26 victory uh lots to talk about there uh, of course first fun fact was that they were facing our old al central friend from the chicago white Sox, um giolito who cleveland claimed off waivers after Los Angeles Angels traded for him and then promptly waived him after five weeks on the team. So Cleveland picked him up. His first start was against the Twins. Um, I'm sure he was happy about having to face another AL Central foe in his first day back in the division. Uh, And the Twins did not make it for him, specifically Royce Lewis, with his second second straight game with a Grand Slam, which made it three Grand Slams in eight days for Royce Lewis. So really impressive. Stretch from him, Um, obviously he's been on fire since coming back from that oblique injury and just being a really good spark plug for this team. Overall, there were six twins with homers. You had Polanco, uh, Lewis, Carlos Correa, Joey Gallo, Kyle Farmer, and Matt Wallner. All six of them with homers, granted the last three of them, Gallo, Farmer, and Wallner. uh, Hit them off backup catcher David Fry, who threw 64 pitches in relief. Um... Props to Fry, for sure, for coming in and, and gutting out for uh, four innings for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I'm sure that's not what he was expecting when he showed up at the ballpark that day. But uh, when your team is down by a lot of runs, uh, sometimes that's what you have to do. And the Twins took advantage of that situation. Uh, but the relievers, despite the big lead, uh, the Twins still had to burn Brent Hedrick and Dylan Floro. Not the most important arms, but obviously you just... You know, when you're in a blowout victory, you'd rather not use any valuable uh, assets there. And I guess they avoided doing that. Um, They did have some fun defensive shovels, which included Christian Vasquez at second base. In order to get Willie Castro um, to uh, pitch in this one, they surrendered the DH position and had uh, Castro uh, on the bump just to pitch one inning. So um, some... Weird movement there to make sure that they weren't burning out the rest of the bullpen, but overall, worked out. Team one twenty six. 26. Uh, also, shout-out to Minnesota na- native Sam Henshaw as the only Guardians pitcher to not give up a run that game. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, moving on to Game 2, then, this was an 8-3 victory. Sonny Gray went six innings with six hits, three in-runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. He gave up a two-run homer to Bo Nailer, but other than that, pretty solid performance from Sonny. Uh, he focused on slider fastball in this one. He's dramatically reduced his curveball usage actually in his past few starts. Hasn't really been able to get any whiffs with, uh, with it in general. Uh, but he did get four called strikes in this one, so finding a little bit more effectiveness with the curveball. But ultimately, yeah, he's kind of stuck slider fastball for the past few starts, and it's, it's kind of worked out. Um, but you would we would like to see that curveball kind of become. Uh, back to what it used to be for Sonny. Uh, this really makes him a really solid starter, especially thinking about the playoffs. Um, with the bats, um, all good all-around day for them. Four doubles, 18 base runners. Um, it was tied for a bit, um, and the Twins just weren't able to get away from the Guardians until Solano came in with a bases-clearing triple in the eighth, adding three runs, obviously, there. Um, and yeah, the offensive general has been hitting the stride recently, Um, gotta talk about a few more stats later in a bit, but yeah, they've been doing well. Obviously you still have the few games where they can't score any runs, which kind of sucks to see from the twins, but that kind of happens, I think for all major league teams. You can't expect them to always get five runs every single game, even if that is league average, uh, with the relievers, Jacks, Theobar, and Picon all had good performances, scoreless innings in support of Sonny Gray in securing that win. Game three was a two-one loss. Joe Ryan was the pitcher, uh, starting pitcher of this one for the Twins. Four innings, four hits, two and runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. Pretty inefficient outing. Only had eighty-nine pitches. The worrying thing actually was that his average velocity was down a tick in this one, um, but that still didn't prevent him from getting good results. The slider and fastball both solid, getting whips, getting called strikes. It's going to be tough to see if he's 100% by the time the playoffs roll around. I mean, you would like to see that fastball velocity get back up to where it was before. Um, it was at his season average last start, so maybe this is nothing to worry about. Um, maybe there was just something external that was going on with uh, Joe Ryan that prevented him from getting to his uh, full capacity in this one. But ultimately, yeah, we'd like to see him at 100%. Um, he comes a really valuable Game 3 starter. Um, Basically, the Twins could have three all-star caliber starters in round one of the playoffs if Joe Ryan is um, back to where he was right before that all-star break. Uh, With the hitters in this one, they really, uh, it was tough for this one. Uh, They only managed two hits, one from Royce Lewis, uh, and then one from recent call-up Andrew Stevenson, who um, basically the Twins had called up by sending uh, Michael A. Taylor on the IL. And so, yeah, pretty much not much from the offense of this one. And then with the relievers, um, this was actually kind of important because it was the first appearance of reliever version of Louis Varland. He pitched three innings in this one and averaged over one tick above his average fastball velocity. So, uh, yeah, being able to go out and just kind of go as hard as you can for as long as you can uh, really works out for Varland and seeing his velocity go up. Um, and, yeah, three scoreless innings from Farland, which was pretty good to see. And then Cody Funderburg, who uh, didn't get to talk about last week because I wasn't on the pod, but obviously one of those uh, lefty relievers that I've been keeping an eye out on in AAA. He made an appearance in this one, and, yeah, the Twins are kind of willing to see how he does in these middle to high-leverage spots. Moving on to the Mets series then, uh, this was a 5-2 victory in Game 1. Dallas Keigel, who... Man, uh, it's kind of impressive how long he's stayed on this team, and honestly, this start was really good. Five innings, three hits, two in-runs, two walks, and six strikeouts, partially because he was facing a quad-A team in the Mets. Yes, they have Pete Alonso, but they really don't have much else beyond that. Um, (laughs) He got a lot of called strikes on this one. That's kind of how he was able to get to a lot of these two-strike counts. 11 total combined on the sinker and cutter, but he did have six whips on his slider. So uh, that, was a, that was a reason main reason why he was able to get so many Ks. So good for Keiko. Maybe if he finds his way, he becomes a valuable piece uh, for this team down the stretch um, and maybe even a piece that they can include on their pitching uh, rotation in the playoffs. Maybe not as a starter, but certainly as like a solid long relief guy. Uh, for the hitters here, five runs, so pretty solid. Uh, Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa the main contributors here. Royce obviously has just been on a tear. He started the scoring in the first uh, inning of this game, but Correa added a solo homer in the fourth, and then they had a th- uh, Francisco Alvarez, who was the rookie catcher for the Mets, had a throwing error over to third, uh, which I think allowed Andrew Stevenson to score. He was trying to steal third from second and ult- ultimately um, stole uh, got home as well. Um, and then Royce had a double in the seventh to bring home um, another runner, and that gave the Twins a 4-2 lead, culminating in a 5-2 victory. Uh, with the relievers, of course, it was a busy night for them because Keiko only pitched five innings. Pagan, Theobart, Jax, and Duran all pitched in this one. Scored this innings, which is good to see, and only Theobart gave up a hit in this one. So, you know, the top of our bullpen is looking pretty decent. Um, I will say Jax had... A couple blow-ups later this week, and that was not pretty to see. But um, overall, it does look like the top of the bullpen at least is looking okay. But um, obviously, come playoff time, we'll see how uh, those guys stack up. (laughs) Moving on to Game 2 then. This was an 8-4 victory. Kenta Maeda pitched 5.1 innings with 5 hits, 2 runs, 1 walk, and 2 strikeouts. Uh, after he gave up a lead, lead off over, homer to Brandon Nimmo and another run in the first um, from Daniel Vogelbach's uh bat, he calmed down and stayed in for five more innings. Stuff still isn't really looking the best. The splitter was getting whips in this one, which is good to see, but the slider was only getting called strikes, and that's actually kind of been a case with his slider this season. It's been just called strikes from him, not a lot of whips, um, unlike what his slider has been in the past. Where Instead of getting called strikes, I'm getting a lot more whips and less called strikes. But this season he's been getting, yeah, been able to steal strikes with it, which, hey, if it works, don't fix it. Um, A strike is still a strike and it's being used pretty effectively for Maeda, so can't really complain too much with the production there. Uh, with the bats and an 84 victory um, It was actually kind of slow going uh, Solano got the twins on the board early with a two-run single in the second uh, But then it was a 3-2 game uh, in favor of the twins for a while until the seventh inning when Max Kepler came in and the pitch an opportunity for Jordan look blue uh, and With the bases loaded he hit a fly ball that just barely was a homer uh, corner baseball Savon in 20 different parks. It would have been a homer, but uh, hit it just hit off the top of the wall Um, over in uh, left field or right field, sorry, uh, for in in target field. So uh, bounced back into the park, but ended up being a triple. And, uh, yeah, cleared the bases, gave the Twins three runs. Um, Yeah, so really solid uh, from Max. And he's been having a really good season, um, honestly, as much as we've had, you know, Talked a little smack about Max Kepler this entire season. He's turned it around in a big way in the second half and become a major offensive contributor for this team. And, yeah, he's going to be a valuable piece on this playoff roster, which I don't think we could have imagined saying, you know, four months ago, I think, for this roster. Um, And for all the griping that we've had, actually, on the Twins in bases loaded situations... They are now officially league average, uh, which, of course, that's helped a little bit by a few Royce Lewis grand slams. But, yeah, in this um, beyond just Royce Lewis, Donovan Solano in the previous game and Max Kepler in this one both did damage with the bases loaded. So, um, yeah, good for the Twins and being able to capitalize in those situations. Obviously, bases loaded situations don't come that often. So, you know, it is what it is, but at least they are contributing in those big spots. With the relievers, this was the third straight game where the starter didn't go six innings. So, um, yeah, even though they did get a rest day, the bullpen has been pretty busy. Uh, Thunderbunk, Theobar, Varland, and Dylan Floro all pitched in this one. Varland did look a bit shaky. He gave up two runs in his um, outing, in his one inning, uh, giving up a solo homer to DJ Stewart and then also another run afterwards. But if you look at his velocity, his fourth receiver was averaging 99 miles 99 miles an hour, and he actually hit 100 miles an hour on that pitch, which is pretty impressive. Now, the fact is velocity isn't everything. Just because you can throw 100 doesn't mean that the pitch is unhittable. That being said, though, um, even though he got no whiffs, he did get six swings on the fastball, five of those being foul balls, um, and only one ball in play. So at least he was getting some form of strikes with the fastball, but it would be, uh, it'll be interesting to see with that increased velocity what can he continue to do with his pitch mix finally moving on to game three this was a 2-0 loss um Pablo lopez pitched uh, as the starter in this one eight innings two hits zero earned runs and 14 strikeouts lopez with an absolute gem of the start finally got to 200 strikeouts like we mentioned for the first time in his career actually so props to him and he also joined johan santana as the only twins pitchers to toss eight shutout innings with 14 strikeouts so um, it was a little fun story kind of be- coming into the beginning of the season because Pablo Lopez, like Johan Santana, from Venezuela. Santana is one of his big heroes, and um, he was really excited to join the Twins because of the history there. And now he gets to yeah, share a fun little stat with his uh, baseball idol, which obviously cool to see and, and um, exciting for Pablo. Uh, you know, if we really want to dig into this one, most of the damage he did was with his fastball and sweeper as it's been pretty much the entire season. 19 whips on the two pitches combined and also got 10 st- called strikes on the sweeper alone. So uh good deceptive pitch for him. The changeup was also incredibly effective, 32% CSW percent. So um, that one, that pitch, even though it's kind of come to the waist, it's been put to the wayside a little bit in favor of that sweeper, still very effective for Pablo Lopez. With the bats, unfortunately, they were shut out. Really just wasted this start from Pablo. Only managed four hits on the day. They did get six, uh, balls on uh base of so you know getting those walks kind of nice so not not absent on the bases but couldn't really do much with with guys on base um, they didn't even face a lefty in this one tyler mcgill was the starter for the mets in this one he's a righty he pitched five innings but he really limited the twins well i think with only two hits so um yeah this a bad performance from the bats they didn't even strike out which was the uh, uh, they didn't strike out that much i should say only nine strikeouts in 30 at-bats for this team so um yeah just just a really poor uh, outing for the bats with guys on base and just weren't able to do much to get a run across The worrying thing here was the relievers, specifically Griffin Jacks, as I mentioned, he entered the game in the ninth in a 0-0 tie, ended up giving up a double to Francis Gilden-Door, and then he hit a guy, so there was two men on base, and then DJ Stewart, who hit the homer off Varland yesterday, came up to bat and then ended up hitting a middle middle uh, sweeper um, for a double, so uh, yeah, just not great from Jacks. You really want to limit those mistakes and... Um, Yeah, the command of the zone wasn't very good today, but it is what it is. It's just one game. Hopefully he shakes it off. And uh, he's been, you know, fairly solid the entire season. He's just had these blips throughout the year, and it feels like they come a little too frequently to be comfortable with. But at the same time, um, he's been solid for most of the season. So can't complain too much. Moving on to news and notes. Alex Kirilov was activated on Friday. He batted sixth, pinch hit on Saturday, and then batted second on Sunday. Um, he hasn't really had any production, only one hit, but he's hit the ball hard. Uh, seven balls in play total. Two of them were around 100 miles an hour, which is a hard hit ball according to um, MLB's glossary. And then almost all of them were also over 90 miles an hour, so he at least looks like he has the strength back in his wrist uh, and that the shoulder isn't too much of an issue. Um, would love to see you know more hits, obviously, but at least he's hitting the ball hard, which is kind of the important thing. In order to call up Karoloff, they sent Joey Gallo onto the 10 day uh, IL with a foot contusion, which it see, just seems like incredibly good timing for these twins. <laughs> we'll see if he plays another game for them. Uh, it just seems instead of DFAing him, they decided we'll just put him on IL. The, the, it's kind of what it looks like from the outside. Obviously, maybe he's actually hurt and they just it was just good timing for the Twins. But, um, yeah, we'll see if he actually suits up in a Twins uniform for the rest of the season. Um, moving on to some guys who uh, we've mentioned in previous weeks, Byron Buxton was on a rehab assignment before being removed from his second game due to knee soreness. Um, the Twins are still expecting to have him back, but just unsure what his role is going to look like yet Whether he'll be in center or just DH for the team. Looking at some pitchers, Jorge Alcala, Chris Paddock, and Brock Stewart all pitched last week on either rehab assignments or in live batting practice. So we'll see if any of them end up playing a role in the regular season. Um, Paddock might come back at the end of September, um, and we'll see what Jorge Alcala and Brock Stewart look like. Um know is actually back on the Major League roster. That was a move that the Twins made Sunday morning. Um if they after they put Jorge Polanco on the bereavement list. So good to see Salicino back on the Major League roster. Um he's mostly here as a death piece, but also with Michael A. Taylor still on the injured list. He's another piece that you can put at center field, especially with Joey Gallo now on the IL. And then two other bats jose miranda and nick gordon are also making their way back although neither has started a rehab assignment yet it seems like nick gordon might be moving a bit quicker than miranda at this point but uh, it's also hard to say what gordon's role on this team is right now with willie castro kind of filling in as that uh, utility man role looking ahead to next week then uh, the twins have three against tampa bay and then three at the white Sox. Uh, tampa bay still fighting for the AL East crown their three games back of the orioles uh, season stats wise they're fourth in ops so they, they went out to a really hot start they were like the best team in baseball for a couple couple months uh but now they're fourth uh, of course that's still nothing to scoff at um but in the second half of the season they've been playing like an average team basically the twins are actually i think uh in the top 10 in team ops in the second half of the season while uh tampa bay is in kind of the the 15th 16th uh range so um, part of part of the struggles too, is that they've lost a lot of starters this season. Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, Shane McClanahan, all those guys have had uh, major arm issues. So, um, yeah, losing a lot of starters. But that being said, the Twins still have to face Tyler Glasnow um, in Game 1, who has some of the nastiest stuff in the majors when he's healthy. Uh, and then, of course, the White Sox are the White Sox. They're just... Uh, Yeah, they're bad. That's all we can really say about the White Sox. Hopefully that game that ends up as a sweep. But, you know, AL Central Division uh, matchups on the road are just never easy. So we'll see how that goes with the Swins. Hopefully they are able to play uh, good baseball to kind of round out the end of their season and potentially clinch the AL Central crown uh, as early as maybe the end of uh, as early as the beginning of next week. We'll see. Uh, some final shout out and plugs before we sign off. Obviously, pretty short episode here with just uh, me doing the solo pod. Uh, but be sure to check out the work over at Twiggy Town if you want any information about the twins. Uh, and also check out PitcherList for any fantasy baseball needs. Obviously, the fantasy baseball season is wrapping up pretty quick. I'm sure most of you are already in the playoffs if you're playing this season. Um, but if you need any help in terms of who to start or uh, in terms of uh, pitchers or hitters, ch- definitely check out list. And, of course, with the Twins, um, you know, playoff season's coming. Definitely check out the content over at Town and the game uh, the game recaps and uh, the game threads as well. And, uh, yeah, enjoy that content while we still have baseball for the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can follow me at the John K on Twitter, and you can follow Ben at Ben Jones underscore five. Be sure to also follow the podcast on Twitter at Twins Talk Pod. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow on your favorite podcast site and leave us a five star rating if you like what you heard. We'll be back next week to talk more Twins.